0: Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us in person and those of you who are joining us online. If you're a guest visiting with us for the first time this morning, let me introduce myself. My name is Mike Bishop, and on behalf of everyone that calls themselves part of Lakeway, I want to give you a warm welcome and thank you for joining us this Sunday. (laughs) Unfortunately, I am not there in person. I'm a little under the weather, and I did not feel that it would be wise to Come in and share my under-the-weatherness with you. So it's it's like 6 o'clock in the morning, not even 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm pre-recording this for you, and uh, I'll be back in person next week. We are in week two of a mini-series that I've called ID Check. Now, I want to begin by asking a question. Who are you? what's your id now that might be a seemingly simple question i mean most people when asked to identify themselves you know whip out their driver's license but id is so much more complex than that for instance i am a granddad a dad a husband a son a brother uncle cousin nephew grandson neighbor friend pastor and who knows what else i'm sure there are some things that i can't mention that other people might think that i am but here's the thing Your ID is somewhat relative to whom you are referencing. To some I'm dad, to some I'm granddad, to to some of you I'm friend, to some of you I'm pastor and friend. At the core of all of this, I know I'm Michael John Thomas Bishop. But that's just a name. And I'm so much more than just a name. As are you. Who you are, your ID, is so much more than a number or a name on your driver's license, on your passport, or on your birth certificate. You are created in the Lord's image. Our ID, your ID, comes from our Creator. He is our heavenly and spiritual Father. We are his children and bear his likeness. In the same manner that, you know, we often bear the physical characteristics of our biological parents. I remember my mom telling me a story one time. When we lived in England, um, my dad's family came from a place called Devonport. And when we were little, we lived in Devonport. Devonport's not massive, but it's not small. Say, I don't know, about seventy, eighty thousand, hundred thousand 80,000, 100,000 people. And my mom had four of us, four toddlers, four under the age of six. And we were in town shopping one day in the city, in the town center there. And I did what I normally do, you know, something caught my eye and off I wandered, probably a toy store or something like that. Next thing I know, I can't find mom, can't find dad. They're, they're probably looking, for, well, I know they were looking for me somewhere. And all of a sudden, you know, when you're six years old, that, that idea that, where's mom? I don't, I, I burst into tears. But right in the middle of this town of 80, 90,000 people, somebody looked at me, saw me crying, six-year-old kid saw me crying and said, you're a bishop. My dad's family was, was quite big, a lot of them, and somebody looked at me and could just see from my face that I was a bishop and took me to my grandmother's house, which was about a mile and a half away. And sure enough, my parents showed up there later pretty desperate, I would imagine, and picked me up. Spiritually, we share the characteristics of our Lord, but sometimes there's a problem. Sometimes we lose track of our ID. We lose track of who we really are. You know, we bear the name Christian, which means like Christ or Christ-like, but sometimes we don't resemble Christ. Not always. Sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. You know, we get into a funk and we're not thinking right. Our priorities get messed up. We're not feeling right. Our joy is stolen. And maybe because we're not thinking right and we're not feeling right, we end up not acting right, doing things that are questionable, doing things that are against our character. And in those moments, we need an identity check. We need to get back to who we are in Christ. So let me give you a quick recap from last week. Like I said, this is a mini-series. We're going to do one more week next week. Christ has a purpose for his followers. And Satan wants to mess with that purpose. And here's the thing. If he can't steal your soul, he's going to mess with your identity. He's going to try and make you think that he has stolen your soul. But we have a promise from Jesus. Jesus in John 10, 10 said, the thief, that's Satan, the thief's purpose. This is what his purpose is, is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. That's you and me. You see, when Satan messes with our identity, three things happen. That's steal, kill, and destroy. It destroys our relationships, all of them. It... it, it, messes with our relationship with God. It messes with our relationship with others. It messes with our relationship, how we view ourselves. It kills our potential, our purpose in Christ because, you know, we just don't feel good, so we're not doing the things that God has called us to do. And out of that, it steals our blessing. And Satan tries this with all of us, you know. As I said, I talked about this last week. It's a war, and we're all in it. Now, the antidote to his schemes is knowing and being confident of who we are in Christ. Our spiritual ID. We all need regular ID checks, reminders who we are and whose we are. Now, there's an awesome passage of Scripture that really unpacks this idea. We began looking at it last week. It's 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and it's our Lakeway theme verse for the year, and it's tied to our theme of the year, which is called, and I'm going to encourage you to memorize this verse, 1 Peter 2, 9. Now, we're going to expand it out to verse 10 for this week and next week, but mostly we're going to be focusing on verse 9. It says, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but you, it's very personal, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. And the writer of this letter was giving the recipients an ID check. It was very pointed. You, you, you. A reminder of who they are and whose they are. So let's dig into this little, a little bit. And now what we're looking for here is five fingerprints of God in your life. Fingerprints that's on you. He created you. He molded you. He made you. You've got his fingerprints in your life. So these are five I am's. That you can look at the Satan with and say, hey man, I am this, I am this, I am this. And fight back when he messes with your ID. You tell him who you are. So you're going to look for five I am's from your relationship with the Lord. Now we're only going to get to two this morning. We're going to do the other three next week. First Peter 2.9. But you are not like that. You. Who is the you? You who have chosen Christ. You who have put your trust in him you who believe his truths, but you are not like that. Like what? Like those that you used to be. Like those who chase after the wind. Those who seek to find fulfillment and purpose in the offerings of the world. Worldly things. And, you know, I'm I'm not naive. You can most certainly find some of those things in the world, but they are fleeting and temporary at best. And they cannot bring true fulfillment, true true joy, and true purpose because they are counterfeit for the Christian. Remember, this is written to Christians, Christ followers. If you have chosen to follow Christ, chosen to believe in him, chosen to trust him as Lord and Savior, that means that you believe that Jesus lived, that he lived a perfect life, that he died on the cross, but he didn't stay dead. That he rose again, and that he offers forgiveness of sin to all who ask for forgiveness of sin and invite him into their lives as Lord and Savior. If that's you, then that's the you. This is, you are the you this is talking about. And what happens, the moment you trust in Jesus Christ, his spirit is deposited in you as a guarantee that you belong to him. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 says, When you believed in Christ, at that moment, He identified you as His own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom He promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that He will give us the inheritance He promised, and that He has purchased us to be His own people. He did this so that we would praise and glorify Him. Your life is now led by that Spirit, not by worldly desires. Now, I understand there's a battle. There's a battle that goes on in all of us between worldly desires, our old self, and and spiritual desires, our new self. But that Spirit is in us, and the writer is reminding these followers of Christ who they are and whose they are. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, chosen by the Lord, And here's how this works. Jesus says, if you choose me, I choose you. You know, when I asked my wife to marry me, I was saying to her, I choose you. And when she responded yes, she said back to me, I choose you. If you say yes to Jesus, Jesus says yes to you. If you choose Jesus, Jesus chooses you. He says, if you accept me, I will accept you. That's the first fingerprint on your outline there. In Christ, I am acceptable. Now, we get this so messed up. We, we believe, because it's been incorrectly taught so often, that in order to be acceptable to the Lord, we've got to get our lives all cleaned up. We've got to get our act together. But that simply isn't true. If that were the requirement of acceptance, none of us would ever be acceptable. Acceptable. I love this passage in John 12. It is absolutely one of my favorite passages of Scripture. John 12, verses 46 to 48. And this is Jesus coming. And he's actually shouting this to the crowd. He says, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark, just as we read in that other Scripture. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. Let me say that again. This is Jesus' words to us. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I have come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth I have spoken. What Jesus is saying there is that we become acceptable to the Lord when we choose Jesus. It's not about how good we are. It's about accepting Jesus. If we choose to reject Jesus and the truth he spoke, we become unacceptable. If we say yes to him, he says yes to us. It's not about how good you are. He said, I don't judge you for not obeying me. It's not about how good you are. It's about how good he is. He says, if you choose me, I choose you. That's the first fingerprint. In Christ, I am acceptable. The second fingerprint, in Christ, you are valuable. I mean, it's great to be accepted. It's even better to be valued. And to be valued and accepted is wonderful. But you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. How do you determine the value of something? I mean, value is so subjective. I mean, what do you think this is worth? It's a pennant that that sits on the wall over my head in the family room of my house. Now, how much would you pay for this pennant? For me, you'd have to pay a pretty penny for this pennant. PAFC stands for Plymouth Argyle Football Club. Football As in the game, you know, where you use your foot to kick a ball, you know, football. The club, Plymouth Argyle, was formed in 1886. In 1903, it became Plymouth Argyle. And I got this in 2003 when they celebrated 100 years of Plymouth Argyle. It was a great year. They won promotion as champions of the division that they were in. And as part of the celebration, they auctioned off. The pennant and the money went for charity. It's signed by Paul Sturrock, who was the manager and one of the most popular managers, most successful managers in the club history. And all of the first team have signed it. Now, here's what makes it special. It's not just the signatures. My wife bought this for me as a Christmas gift. She went to the effort of having one of my sisters bid on it and send it over. I have no idea how much she paid for it. And I don't really care. I love it. It is of great value to me. One, because of the signatures. And two, because she got it for me. And she knew what it would mean to me. She told me how excited she was waiting for me to open it. It's like she just knew what it would mean to me. And it's not just a pennant to me. It's so much more valuable than just a pennant. Because of the signatures on it. And because my wife went to the trouble to get it for me. Now, what about you? How valuable are you to God? Look at the description in the scripture here. You are royal priests, a holy nation. Royal means set above the ordinary, kingly. That's the value that the Lord places on you. Now, you might not see yourself that way, but he does. And and quite honestly, his opinion is higher than yours royal priests. It's an assigned value bequeathed on someone. I remember September 2022, I believe it was, when Queen Elizabeth passed away. My wife and I dedicated a full week to watching the ceremony for her funeral and watching people go past her casket and and bow and, and give honor to her because she was royalty God calls you royalty. He sets us above ordinary. And a priest, that, that's, that's royalty with, with icing on top. Priests are, are those with a special spiritual purpose. And it goes on, you, you are a holy nation, holy to be set apart as special. So we're set above as royal, we're blessed as priests, chosen for a special purpose as priest, and then set apart as holy God's very own possession. You know, possession is kind of interesting. Possession dictates value. You know, if I tried to sell a pair of my old tennis shoes, a.k.a. runners, sneakers, trainers, depending on where you are, if I wanted to sell these, how much would they be worth? How much would you give for them? I don't think I could give them away. They they wouldn't be worth anything. But if Shaquille O'Neal or David Beckham or Wayne Gretzky or Troy Aikman wanted to sell their runners, how much would they be worth? People would be trying to outbid each other to get them because the possession, the owner, changes the value. You are the Lord's very own possession. He bought you. 1 Corinthians 7.23 says, you have been bought and paid for by Christ, so you belong to him. That makes you extremely valuable, whether you feel it, whether you believe it or not. Like I said, and what you think and what you believe is secondary to what God says is the truth. And he puts great value on, on you. Now, here's the bottom line. Value is determined by what someone is willing to pay. No one's paying anything for these. If you wanted to sell your house, let me tell you something. It's not worth as much as you think it is. The value of your house is what someone is willing to pay for it. I mean, you might think it's worth half a million bucks. But if the best offer you can get is half of that, guess what? Your house is worth half what you think it is. Value is determined by what someone is willing to pay. What is your value in God's eyes? What did he pay for you? He gave his son's life for you. That's everything. You know, I've talked about this in the past. I can see sacrificing myself for somebody. I can't see a situation where I would sacrifice my son to save somebody. This is who you are. This is your value. Now, it's important that you do not, that we do not devalue ourselves by settling for second best. You see, you're not a royal priest, you're not a holy nation, you're not God's special possession because you're good. You are all those things because He is good. So don't live your life settling for the world's values. You are so much more valuable than that. The world lives to a different value system, but you are not like that. For you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. You know, you may have been rejected by people in your life, but you are accepted by God. You may have been devalued by people, but you are valuable to God. Don't live your life downward. Settling for second best. Live upward. Strive to live for the Lord. Strive to live the value that you are. Accepted by him in everything. Serving him. Giving your best. Not because you're trying to earn his acceptance, but because you have it. Not because you're trying to earn value, but because You have it. Don't devalue yourself. You are acceptable to God. You are valuable to God. And so are those around you. So accept them and value them as God accepts and values you. That's all I've got for you this week. We're going to fill in the rest of those blanks next week. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you this morning. We thank you that you are our God. That you have given us your Holy Spirit, Father, as a deposit of what is to come. Father, I thank you for the value that you've placed upon each one of us. That you accept us as we are, Father. And that's just the beginning of the journey. You're molding us. Your fingerprint is on us as you mold us and change us to be something better. To be all that you've called us to be, Father. May we be good clay in your hands. Father open our eyes so that we begin this Father open our eyes so that we begin to see ourselves the way you see us so that we can live the life that you have for us. And if you're out there right now and you've never began this journey with Jesus Christ, you've never invited him in, never began this trust, you can do it right now and it's quite simple, you just say this prayer. Dear Jesus, I need you. I believe that you lived a perfect life. I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose again after three days, and that because of your sacrifice, I can be forgiven. I ask for forgiveness and accept your forgiveness because you have accepted me. Come into my life and change me. Amen. Hey, Lakeway friends and family, thank you again for joining us. Look forward to seeing you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Well, thank you, Pastor Mike. That was great. It's just like he was here, wasn't it? All right. Well, the gentlemen and the ladies, whoever's going to help me with the offering, please come forward. And like I told you before, those little cards I asked you to fill out, this is the time that you put them in there. Also, this is the time that we give a portion back that the Lord has blessed us with. And like I love my, my brother Hector, he'll say, we just need to jump in that bag. God wants all of us, right? He don't want just part of us. And that is such a cool thing. So I'll tell you what, we're going to pray, take up the offering, and then I'm going to tell you some announcements. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you again, and just so humble at your throne of grace. You've given us so much. You've given us your son. Thank you for that. We want to give back to you now a portion so that the church can continue their work, so that we can talk to other people about Jesus, and that so you will be glorified. We thank you, and we give you those blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've got quite a few announcements, so I'm going to go ahead and start talking. Don't let me distract you from what y'all are doing. Y'all have heard of Kairos Prison Ministry, hadn't you? That's a really cool thing. And I know uh, Brother John, I don't know if he's in here today. He might be back with the youth. But next week, he'll be going to Hutchins. Thank you, Randy. And that's all the guys in white. There's 42 men that come uh, get to go to that, and they get to go minister to those men, love on them, bring them good food. But more than anything, they give them the hope that is in Jesus and they learned the th- I know I went through some of the training and uh, then we had COVID and I wasn't able to go but uh, one thing they teach you in all this you got two ears one mouth listen to what these men have to say and if you can go to that you can still go to that uh, it's too late for the closing but you can and the one for Bridgeport which Randy's a part of, and he's going to be out here for a few minutes, I'm sure. And he can tell you any questions and answer any questions that you have about Bridgeport. And it's really cool if you can go to that closing ceremony. Okay, all the people that aren't going to, I'm going to bring up the men's retreat in a minute, but Saturday, February 24th, if you look on your bulletin, you're going to have a family movie night wow a movie night without your husband bugging you to go and get popcorn and you know all that kind of stuff so come to that it'll be a great fellowship here at the church from 5 to 8 30 on the 24th okay march the third coming up and all the people that have that are new members that are thinking about becoming members there's a pastoral lunch right back in that room back there and there's going to be uh A few elders and some other people uh, that are there that are going to greet you and feed you good food. Anyone that wants to come to that, that's a new member or thinking about becoming a member, please come back there and we'll try to answer any questions you have. Uh, Let's see what else. Secret sister reveal. Same day. You see these little packages out here that have bows on them? Those are the secret sisters. They choose another woman and, and they bring little gifts and they don't get to know who's giving them all these gifts until March the 3rd. And that's when they find out, oh, you were my secret sister. You know, that's kind of cool to get to see that. You don't want to miss that if you've been a part of it. Okay, and March 17th, we're going to have a 101 class membership. So if you're wanting to become a member and you want to take it one step further and learn exactly what we do around here, we'll try our best to explain that and through that and through being all the things you'll learn all about you can become a member here at lakeway all right i tell you what now we're going to talk about the men's uh retreat (laughs) never forget about it but the men's retreat's coming up it's called called and then i'm going to get up and say a, a couple of words but uh Take it away back there, Alex.
0: How is it? Going? <clears throat> <sighs> That's her greeting call.
1: All right. That'll be the call to dinner on Saturday night when we're going to have those steaks that are about this thick. Hector's going to go out there and Kevin and make that call. No, but guys, if you haven't decided to go yet, see that little thing up there? What do you call it? Yeah, do that, and it'll take you there. Or you can see Kevin, or you can see Breakfast on a Bun back there, Bob. And they'll help you get signed up. Please do it. If you don't have the funds, don't worry about that. We'll find a way to make you get there. And if you need a ride, we got that covered too. So please come. So I'm going to ask all of you to stand. And if you have any questions or any concerns about anything that you've seen today, see Randy. No, see any one of the elders. And we'll be glad to try to help you. We love you guys. Pastor Mike and Sondra, get well. We love you, too. We miss you not being here today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, as we leave this place, help us to be mindful that you were called and you answered that call. Help us to do the same. Help us to that person in need, that person that's hurting. Let us be that kind word, that smile, that handshake, and tell them, God loves you. I hope you have a great day. And as we leave, I want to say, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his face towards you and give you peace. We pray all these things in Jesus' name and God's people said, amen. amen. I don't know who you're, who you're rooting for today, but root for somebody. It's going to be the 49ers in Kansas City. Have a good time.